Hello, everybody. This is the very first episode of the Sports by the Hour podcast by Ethan Schaap. This podcast's main purpose and goal is to dive into the world of sports. So analysis, uh, predictions, hot takes, what I think, what various other people that will be on the show think, stuff like that. Our main focus will be on the NFL and the NBA, but we're not just confined to those two sports. We also know more about other sports as well. Uh, This is Ethan Schaap. This is Matthew Schwab. And this is the first episode of uh, Sports by the Hour podcast. So the first topic we're going to address is the NFL offseason. We're going to start our conversation with Andrew Luck. What is your opinion on Andrew Luck retiring? I think it was a great move. He did it for a family decision. He did it because he spent countless years in and out of injury. He kept on coming back, kept on getting injured, missed multiple seasons with his team, and they never provided him any help in the O-line. No, I agree with that. Um, Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin from the same draft have their whole entire careers have been defined with injuries. Um, I also don't blame him because, like you said, he's never had he never had an O line. Uh, Ursay and the Colts GM and owner like they never drafted him in O line. Therefore, when it got to the point where uh, he couldn't play anymore, like last season, they got him Quinn Nelson, got him some protection, and he wins twenty eighteen rookie uh, comeback player of the year. So it just shows that he had the talent, and they kind of just wasted it, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that Andrew Luck had potential to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league, top five, maybe even top three, if they had just gotten him one or two offensive linemen. They didn't even have to be pro bowlers, just average offensive linemen that could get the job done. Yep. Coming out of, what, his 2012 draft class, right? Yeah. Coming out of Stanford, he was like deemed as could be possibly the best quarterback ever. And we're never going to even see him in the Super Bowl. All right, so... Do you have any problem with him retiring two weeks before the season and not like last end of last year like Gronk did? I have a little bit of an issue with him retiring in the middle of a game. Okay. But I don't have an issue with him retiring two weeks before the season. Okay. Um, I think if I had – overall, I have no problem with it. I could say I have a little problem with it because I just feel like he, he's known he's been suffering with the ankle injury that kept him out of the preseason – so he's definitely been thinking about it. I think it just puts the team in a very bad situation going off the start of the year. Now, I think Jacoby Brissett is a suitable backup quarterback. Like I'm, He's been with Brady. He's He's been in the Colts organization since 2015 when he started, uh, I think, 11 games. And I don't know. I just It just it just kind of def- kills the team's morale right before the season starts. That's all I would see with that. Um, do you think there's any chance Andrew Luck comes back? There's a chance that he comes back but he's definitely not going to be the same because it's going to take him a while to rethink everything. So if he does come back, it's probably not going to be for at least another year or two. Yeah, if he comes back, it'll be a year or two. Uh, I personally don't think he'd come back. Um, the main reason was health. He also talked about his, I know, his wife and him during his football career had drifted apart, and him. he's gone on record saying that his injuries are what brought them back together and they gave time to him for him to focus on her. So, therefore, I don't think he's going to come back. I don't think he's going to come back. Uh, he also got to keep the $12.8 million signing bonus and his $12 million roster bonus, 
let alone all the other money he's made over this past six years. So I think financially he's set, physically he wants to get down now before anything bad happens, and I just see him enjoying retirement from here on out. Yeah, I mean, I can see that, but Andrew Luck loves the game of football he loves, he does love with a passion. Football. I don't think he can sleep without playing football. That's fair. The second off-season topic we're going to be talking about is Jared Goff becoming the highest-paid QB on his four-year extension through the 2024 season. He's going to get 134 million and 110 million guaranteed. What are your thoughts? I hate it. That was one of the worst contracts I've seen in a while. Jared Goff put up great numbers last year. But it is only and because... And two years ago when he went to... He lost in the divisional round against the Falcons. Yeah. But that's only because he had very good receivers around him. And he had Todd Gurley carrying the entire team on his back. The one game that Todd Gurley did not carry because he was physically unable to was the Super Bowl. And they lost. And they lost bad. They had no offense that game. It was a defensive battle. Jared Goff was throwing absolute mallards out there the entire game. Yeah, um, so I'm going to take it back to uh, Jared Goff, like you said, statistics-wise, had an amazing season last year. Do you remember the, uh, it was a Thursday night game, like week four, it was against the Vikings, and like it was a shootout, it was like 38-31 final, yeah. and the Rams won. Jared Goff, during the regular season, plays amazing. Jared Goff also, for the first half, when they were undefeated for the first nine games with the Chiefs, he has Cooper Cup. He has Robert Woods, Brandon, is it Brandon Cooks? Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. All three wide receivers, great wide receiver, wide receiver core. They also have Ogletree as a tight end, and then another decent tight end. I can't think of his name right now. And then you have Sean McVay as your young, offensive-minded, great young coach. And then Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley was in the MVP discussion the last two years. Now, he, was, was, he wasn't in the final voting, but he was the best running back in the MVP caliber race. And he is what makes the offense go. Now he has arthritis in his knee and some other banged up issues. And like we saw when they when we saw in the Super Bowl where Todd Gurley was taken out of it, Jared Goff did literally nothing. Jared Goff's best game, his best games are shootouts. Yeah. The game against Kansas City, both him and Patrick Mahomes, that was probably the greatest quarterbacking game I've seen in my life. No, I agree. It was... It was the game that was supposed to be in Mexico and then got moved. And thank God it got moved. Cause it was also the game that was supposed to be the Super Bowl, but... That is true. The Saints happened. <laughs> what do you mean the Patriots happened? Both. <laughs> but, uh, no. Um, I do not agree with Jared Goff getting... Becoming the highest paid quarterback. I think Jared Goff is a system quarterback. I think... I'm not going to say it's all Sean McVay, but I'm going to say that we're seeing the best form of Jared Goff because of Sean McVay and Todd Gurley. And by himself, I don't think he can win you Super Bowl. Jared Goff is kind of like a Joe Flacco to me. Okay. He's, he's a system quarterback who does well or average with half-decent receivers to decent receivers. But if you put him in a different system, and this is kind of the way that I see Tom Brady. Mm. Tom Brady's played with the Patriots his whole career. Jared Goff is going to be with the Rams for a while. Yep. You put those guys in different environments with different receivers, 
they won't perform as well. Tom Brady obviously is going to be Tom Brady. Yeah, wherever he goes. But he won't be Tom Brady with the Patriots. No. And that's the same deal with Jared Goff. Jared Goff without Cooper Cup or Brandon Cooks or Al Gogoltree, and definitely without Todd Gurley, is maybe just a C-tier quarterback. Yeah. Probably even lower. Yeah, I'm going to say Jared Goff right now with all the weapons, with Sean McVay, would you say he's a top 10 quarterback? Absolutely not. I agree. So you, we both agree that he should not be the highest paid quarterback. Numbers don't tell the whole story. No. And playoff playoff performances, where it all matters, he does not show up. Another quarterback in the NFC that I say plays better than his numbers in the playoffs would be Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is one of my favorite quarterbacks right. in the NFL. All right. Well, we'll talk a little more about him later then. <laughs> <laughs> the third topic for the offseason we're going to talk about is the Houston Texans two trades um, the first one sent uh, Davion Clowney to the Seattle Seahawks for a third round pick Jacob Martin and Barkevius Mingo I don't understand what they're thinking like they wanted they, they made a claim that Clowney was on the market to get an O-lineman. And instead they get a third round pick, a crappier pass rusher, and a linebacker. Or a crappier linebacker if he plays linebacker. I I just don't understand why they get rid of an elite pass rusher for that. I thought the worst offseason in sports history was the New York Knicks this past year. The Houston Texans are making them have a run for their money. <laughs> I mean, they just they got nothing in return. Um J.J. Watt has had several years in a row where he's struggled with injury, and their defense is, without J.J. Watt is pretty average. And then, But you still have Clowney, who picks up the slack and carries the team. When you have both of them, you have an argument to have the best pass rush in the league. And then to just trade one for nothing. A third-round pick, Jacob Martin, and Barkevius Mingo. I just don't understand it. I don't see... There's no, in my opinion, there's no upside for Clowney unless he was a locker cancer and they wanted to get rid of him. And for the Seahawks, they just got a uh, top. It was he's like the tenth best pass rusher. I would say maybe seventh or eighth. In the okay, league. so top ten pass rusher for a third, a pass rusher and Mingo or yeah and Jacob Martin. You're lying back. They got a top ten pass rusher in the league for, for two people who have never been to a Pro Bowl. And a, a third, round. third round pick. No, one. <laughs> one. One third round pick. So, yeah, for, for Seattle, now you're going to pair Clowney with Wagner and KJ Wright. And that defense, and you know, we got both Griffin's brothers. Who, not now they're hurting in safety with the loss of Earl Thomas. Yeah. But, I mean, that, that core seven, your linebackers and your D line, are going to be top tier for Seattle. It's like an off-brand Legion of Boom. Yeah, it's it's not the secondary. It's, it's the, the it's dollar inner, store. Yeah, Legion. it's the inner. It's the inner seven instead of the secondary. Oh, it's gonna be exciting. Their their defense is gonna be great. Texans also made another trade. <laughs> now they needed O lineman. They needed O lineman to protect Deshaun Watson because he was the most hit quarterback last year, and they just saw Andrew Luck retire in the division. So I understand that. I could understand getting rid of Clowney for a tier one. Solidified alignment, but that's not what happened. This is tell us the trade details. This is this one was this one hurts me. <laughs> they got 
An offensive lineman who has been solid but not great. What's his name? Laramie Tunsil. There we go. And they got Kenny Stills, who's, someone who's, who has never been to a Pro Bowl and will never go to a Pro Bowl in his career. He is for, a good third option. For two first-round draft picks and a second-round pick. Yeah, He's going to be your third option behind Hopkins and Will Fuller. So you got a third option. That's great. You don't even need a third option, but having one is great. It is not worth two first-round picks and a second-round pick. Not only did they trade away their only healthy member on their defense, but they traded away their entire draft as well. Yes. Are those are those both first round picks next year? Uh it does not say. Okay. But no, I mean they could just draft O lineman with those. Or if you would have had Clarity, they should have shopped him better and got got it like a, a great guard or a great tackle. Not an okay caliber starting an okay starter Tunsil. For two firsts and a second. The Texans management has been exceptional in the past few years, especially right <laughs> especially in the drafting process. Drafting has been amazing. You got Hopkins and I mean Hopkins and Sean Watson both from Will Fuller. Oh and yeah. Um Will Fuller from Notre Dame. They're He's, they're trading they're trading organization. <laughs> they're trading management. They are, like I said earlier, they're as bad at signing pe- as at signing players as the New York Knicks are. <laughs> With all this said, I still have the Texans winning the division. Um, Will Fuller is coming back from an ACL tear last year. I expect Watson to take another step with Hopkins, now Stills, and Fuller. And the defense, as long as J.J. Watt is healthy, they're still a good defense. They're still a better half defense. You said they had some good pieces in the secondary. Jonathan Joseph is their most notable player in yeah. their secondary. They also lost Tyran Matthew, Matthew or Mathui. Yeah. Matthew, right? This over over this past offseason. So that also hurts the defense. Uh, overall, I think the, the Texans, they're not going to finish first in the division because of this trade. Because that duo of J.J. Watt and Jadeveon Clowney, you Offenses had to choose who they would double cover. Yeah, that's true. Now they can just go back to, to doubling, JJ, to doubling Watt. JJ Watt when you could double JJ Watt and have Jadavian Clowney rushing the passer. That's fair. We'll talk more about the AFC South later. The fourth offseason topic we're going to talk about is Ezekiel Elliott getting his payday. He had a 42 day holdout. He got his six-year extension for $90 million, $50 million guaranteed. Thoughts? Great move by Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Le'Veon Bell attempted to do this last year. He's now on a different team. Yeah, and he sat out the whole year. Sat out the whole year, ended up in a different state. Yep. Spent the entire year in Miami. Um, now he's on the Jets, which and I want a dying team. I want to I credit... Ezekiel Elliott for and his and his agent who got it done. Zeke had two years left on his deal. He had to report by week eight to have this season count. Same thing for next season. Had to report for week eight for this for this season to count. And then he also got franchise. He had two eligible for two franchise tags, like Bell was dealing with. And if you don't report for the franchise tag, that can just keep going on forever. So really, for Zeke's holdout, there was no there was no end in sight for him where he could say. 
I can stay past this date. He had a date where he had to come back. Yeah. And he still got the deal done. Now, Jerry Jones, I think, wanted to pay him. He wanted him Obviously. to be there. And he could... I, I feel like both sides won this deal. Zeke I, won more. I, I think, Zeke I think that Zeke Elliott definitely won more. But the Cowboys, they won a lot. They got their they got their big three back. Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott. They're about to sign Dak. Dak's going to use extension. extension. Um, Cooper will get his too. Dak, Dak's priority, though. Ezekiel Elliott is... Probably my favorite running back to watch in the NFL, and he is more deserving than any player in the league to get an extension. I mean, the the Cowboys have a, a good young defense. They're a strong time of possession, run the ball team, with a quarterback that can go make plays when needed. Yeah. So they have, in my opinion, Zeke makes their offense run. That's what they bank on. They bank on running the ball with Zeke. Holding possession of the clock, letting their defense rest, and then when they need to come on, they play. But when you ask Dak to go make the big play, he's made it. I will say that I do respect what the Cowboys tried to do. They wanted to pay Dak first. Oh, no, I agree with that. Because in the NFL, especially today, it is significantly harder to find even an average quarterback who can perform, maybe put up even just 3,500 yards a year maybe 25 touchdowns and possibly get you into the playoffs than it is to find a great running back. Yeah. Great running backs are coming. We saw Zeke. We saw Zeke take over the league when he came in. We saw Hunt and Camaro come in, take over the league. Barkley. It, it happens out of the draft. Yeah. Um, another thing with you said, the uh, Dallas tried to play Pace, uh, Dak first. I think it's a big thing where – Dak was in camp. Dak has not missed a single start. Zeke's had suspension problems. He misses six games. And he's, for for speculation stuff, he never got any um, law charges with it. But I feel like Jerry Jones and the Cowboys respected that Dak had been there from the beginning and didn't hold out. Because I'm not a huge fan of holdouts. I like seeing players with teams. But it worked out for Zeke. Dak's payment's coming. I think Dak's going to get... Uh, 112 million guaranteed. That would be my guess. I think he's going to become the next highest payer, just a little bit over golf. Um, they'll probably stretch that over five years instead of four, knowing Jerry Jones wants to keep his cap space down. The Cowboys did the right move signing Ezekiel Elliott eventually. The Steelers also did the right move not signing Le'Veon Bell last year. No, I agree. Because and Bell's much older, too. Because Le'Veon Bell is not a locker room person. Ezekiel Elliott. He's known, best friends with Dak Prescott. Is known to get along very well with his teammates. Yeah. No, the team speaks highly of him. He speaks highly of the team. The quarterback and the running back are best friends. Yeah. They have an extremely young core. They have a greater line. Good young defense with Van Der Esch. Like, the safety, Heath. He's he's improving. Uh, you have Cooper, Demarcus Lawrence. The team's going to be good. I expect the Cowboys to win the division. I expect nothing less than them yeah. to win the division. The final big offseason topic we're going to talk about is just Antonio Brown, the diva wide receiver as a whole. So this all goes back and starts with his helmet. The NFL made new regulations for the helmets, and Antonio Brown appealed to keep his helmet and was denied. Then he said another appeal. This whole time that he was appealing, he was not returning. He was not going to camp. 
he had another appeal saying that he didn't have a grace period, which he requested one year to go and find a new helmet. Other players that had outdated helmets and you didn't hear a single word for from are Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Larry Fitzgerald. What are your thoughts on the whole thing? It doesn't even go it back. Just it doesn't to the end helmet. there. It doesn't end there. It doesn't yeah. even go back just to the helmet. He was traded from the Steelers for a reason. They hated him there. Yep. Look, I mean, face, he was, face to, uh, Facebook Live in the locker room. Twitter arguing with his quarterback. Yeah. I mean, you're a 31 year old man acting like a 15 year old child. I agree. And the whole helmet situation. Just play the game. If you love the game, you play the game. If you love your helmet, then retire and keep that helmet. The helmet regulations are to keep them safe. The NFL wants the best quality, best care, protection for their players. So it doesn't just end with the helmet. Now he's had a problem with Mike Mayhawk. He received yesterday that he was getting sued. How much money? I'm pretty sure it's 53000 I think it was 53000 Yeah, $53,000 for missing mandatory practice. So then he posted on his Instagram Live that he's going to make everybody pay, and he added the Raiders. He comes to practice today, Thursday, September 5th, and gets into a screaming match with the, the GM of the Ra- Ra- Raiders, Mike Mayhawk, and now he's looking at what, Schwab? $53,000. Well, and he's going to suspend it now. Yeah. The Raiders are going to indefinitely, or not, we don't know how much exactly now, but he's probably going to miss game one. He's definitely going to miss game one. And he's just shooting himself in the foot. The biggest problem I have is, is that, yes, he didn't have his helmet that he wanted, and he's appealing with the NFL, but there's no reason why he couldn't go to practice and be working with his teammates. And most importantly, his, his new quarterback, Derek Carr, who's trying to prove himself in the NFL still after his 2015 injury has knocked his course off course, or knocked his career off course. He, they have no chemistry going into the year. My biggest problem with the whole situation with his defense, Antonio Brown, with the whole helmet dispute, said that he had no safety issues wearing his regular helmet. Can we rewind about... Two, three years to uh, the wild card, wild card round, where he got knocked out cold. I do remember that. That was the home. Had a serious concussion. I mean, health issues are very important in the league. Take the safety over the style. I agree. It just seems like an easy solution, and that something that he's just blown way out of proportion, and is either. Are you here to play or you're not here to play? And he's clearly not there to play. I don't think he's there to play either. And I expect the Raiders to be the worst team in their division, which I'm sure you agree with. Yeah. Uh, I can't say anything. 